Welcome to the Telford Minster podcast. Thank you for joining us and for listening along. Our vision is to make Jesus known in Telford. We hope that your attention is grabbed by Jesus today and what he's doing in your life. We are still in our autumn series, Pray, Prayers of the People, taking time to look through some of the powerful prayers throughout the Bible, their lasting effects on God's people and how God is responding to and fulfilling those prayers and promises in our lives today. We hope this talk fills you up, and for more like this, subscribe to the podcast. So Matthew 6, 9-14. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Yes, Lord Jesus, thank you for Steph. Lord, thank you for the giftings that you've given her, Lord. And I just pray she comes and brings your word this afternoon. Lord, I just pray you just fill her for your Holy Spirit, Lord. And I just pray those words coming out of her mouth, you'd use those, Lord. And you would, you would prepare us for that, what you're saying to us this afternoon, Lord God. You would open our ears also, Lord Jesus. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, you would just come and just use these words. And, and I just pray that you would just fill Steph the Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name, amen. For those of you who um, do preach, lead, talk, you ever have that sensation when God wants you to rip up what you've written and then you're going to panic mode? Because that's what's happening to me right now. So bear with me. Um, I'm not going to rip it up. That's, I can't cope with that. Um, Sarah, do you, could you just put my slides up on the screen? So then I can... I've got it. Yeah, fab. So I wonder if any of you here are people that often forget to text back to people. Some of you may have even experienced that from me, and I, I tell you now, I am so sorry if I've not replied to you and you've needed that reply. I still love you, I still care about you, and please tell me at the end when I did not do it and I will repent of my sins. But I often will get a text of my mum saying, hello, are you there? Are you okay? Are you still alive? Because I've not replied, I've forgotten to phone her because I've been too busy and whatnot. And as I was preparing this today, I felt, isn't that a little bit like our relationship with God? He's saying, hello, are you there? I know life's going really well for you right now, but do you want to have a conversation with me? Do you want to just tell me? I want to know how you're doing. I know how you're doing, but I also want to hear it from you. Like, my mom, she knows that if she doesn't hear anything from me, it's because everything's all right. She works on the theory that no news is good news, but she still likes to know that I'm okay. That I also, that I'm happy, that things are going well, and just wants to participate in my life, which I think is okay. She did birth me, care for me, bring me up. I think that's a, a, fair, a fair exchange of things. But that is what we do with God. We've had all of these really incredible prayers. We've looked at ones where we've, all of us have been in tears about the things that we've heard. If you are new today on um, wherever you get your podcasts, you will be able to listen to the Minster podcasts. I won't label any just in case the BBC is listening. But that is, we've had all these beautiful prayers that have 
really gone to some of the, the depths of the badness and of life and the difficulty of things. We've looked at some from the highest and the joyous parts, but our prayer today is your everyday bread and butter. It's your everyday stuff. But when things are just going well, we forget to pray. We forget that we need to have that conversation and that relationship with him. But you know what? There's also a part of this that comes from a place of fear of praying. I've sat in rooms with all types of different people and we've gone to pray and I felt inferior and not able to pray because I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I have the words to share amongst those people. And as I was preparing this, I just had the word from God of don't overcomplicate it, Steph. Stop trying to make prayer more than it needs to be some fantastic people, littler people here, refer to, hello Jesus, and then say what they want to say. And I think that is something that we need to learn from too. Prayer doesn't need to be complicated. It can be simple. Hello Jesus, how are you? I'm all right. Can you help me with this please? Her prayers can be as simple as that. And what is so kind of Jesus is he understood too that we were going to find praying difficult. He understood that we would be afraid or we'd get it wrong or we'd do the wrong stuff so much so he teaches us quite a lot on prayer. He teaches us that we shouldn't do it um, in front of lots of people and keep rambling and rambling. That's what's happening just before this passage. But he also teaches us to do it behind a closed door and quiet and that he listens to us. Because our prayer today is part of the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, a discourse where Jesus is telling a large group of people on a, on a hillside about some quite important things, about giving, fasting, treasure, treasure in heaven, salt and light, a murder, to name a few. It's worth a read if you've never looked at it before. Jesus was, as I said, was already teaching his disciples about prayer. The previous tells us how not to pray. Prayer must be not done, in, must, be, must not be a public show before others, nor should it be an attempt to manipulate God with many words. God sees what we do in secret and he knows what we need before you even ask him. And then it moves on how should we pray. Before I get started, there's two little things I want to mention to you. The reading that we just had, you probably think it's quite familiar. If you've never heard it before, that I'd be quite surprised, but I know lots of people haven't heard it before. I'm more and more familiar as I take funerals, that people have no idea what this prayer is. They've never even heard of it before. Then others, it's the only prayer that they've ever heard. And you will most likely know it as the Lord's Prayer. But I want to say to you that I think that that name is wrong. Sorry if anyone's going to tell me afterwards. Because... Jesus is teaching his disciples this, but Jesus didn't need to ask for forgiveness. And these people needed, we need to ask for forgiveness. And that is one of the big parts of this prayer. Yes, it was taught to us by Jesus, but it's for us. It's really the disciples' prayer. 
The other thing I want to say is that this prayer, I don't think, was ever meant to be recited. Just be something that, I don't know about you when I was, I don't know, you probably, this, I don't know, don't know about you, what, you'll understand why that's weird when I say that. This is something that used to happen in my household. When my uh, granny used to come and look after my sister and I, before bed, she'd make us, this is quite sweet actually, isn't it? She'd make us pray for my parents, because they were normally off somewhere, and then we'd have to get on our knees and pray the Lord's Prayer on our bedside. That's what we do. That sounds like something out of a Charles Dickens little novel, doesn't it? Or Jane Austen. But that's what we did. And that's my picture of the Lord's Prayer, is at your bedside and you're saying, hallowed be your name. That is, that is what I imagine <laughs> is actually how people pray it. But really, it was meant to be an example to help us, to guide us of topics that we should be praying for in our day-to-day lives. Um, C.S. Lewis refers to it as festooning. I just thought they were funky lights. But he refers to it as festooning in that he's taking God's word, using God's word, but then adding his own stuff to it, adding his own life or pizzazz to it. He says that in uh, Letters to Malcolm. It teaches us how we should pray, this prayer does. And I want you to know today that I don't want to complicate this. I don't want you to feel any fear when it comes to praying. I hope that from today, you can just come away and go, I can pray. That you don't ever fear that you cannot pray or pray in a group of people or feel you're not enough, you're not worthy enough. That you just feel you're able to say, hello, Jesus, please, can you help me? So, unpacking this. The first little pocket I want us to look at, if you've got your Bibles open, open it to Matthew 6. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The first word is our. It's not I, it's not me, it's not a personal thing, it's a community word. It's about being in Christian community. As Christians, we should be be part of community and pray as community. So even as you're praying at home behind closed doors, we should still be praying with awareness that we are part of something much bigger, that we are part of the body of Christ, that we function together, work together. We all need one another to be part of the body of Christ. I, me, mine never occur in this prayer, and we are not alone. We talk at church church about this body, and it is so important. Without your lungs, you cannot breathe. Without one another together supporting, we can't, it's so, well, it's so difficult to journey with Christ on our own. So our, and then it goes on to Father. By the way, I'm not going to literally go word for word through it all. It's just that these are things I think are really important. It then talks about Father. In the Aramaic, in the language it was written in, it says Abba, which means Daddy. God invites us into personal, intimate relationships with him. He doesn't want us to be far away and kind of on this pedestal. He wants that intimate relationship. Those of you who are parents will know that feeling when your little one runs to you and says, Mummy, Daddy, help me with this. I can see it almost happening at the back as we speak. That intimate relationship of closeness with someone, with God. 
And this was a radically new approach at the time that this was written. To God, that Jesus, to teach his people. Although the Old Testament spoke of God as father of Israel as a nation, no one addressed him as father personally in prayer. But through faith in Jesus, we are adopted into God's family. You here might find it really hard to refer to God as father. That's for all manner of different reasons. But you can use that phrase, hello Jesus, Holy Spirit, friend. You don't have to use that word father. And what is significant is that we recognize the welcome intimacy and relationship that we can have with God. But we also are to recognize the holiness of God to that we come first and praise God for who he is and what he's done for us. And that's where the hallowed part is. It means holy is your name. So we could begin our prayer with, hello, friend in heaven, you are holy. That's how we could start a prayer to Jesus. In next in our scripture, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Anyone here love to get their own way? There's even songs about going your own way. You don't like getting your own way. Wow, there's... I'm sure, again, this is a child thing, isn't it? We have, they have paddies, they want things to go their own way, they want their thing then and now. People constantly want their own way then and now, whether that's for power, money, drugs, all sorts of things. People want things their own way. But Jesus wants something different for us. Jesus wants us to pray with desire for his glory, his agenda, for his kingdom to come, for his will to be done, for your will and your reign. In heaven, there's no disobedience, no obstacles to God's will, but on earth, there is disobedience and many apparent obstacles as well. There's one for power, for money, for drugs, alcohol, sex. And these obstacles we usually face involve us wanting control over something that's ultimately wrong. It might sound familiar to you, and I know that it does me, that we have things that we want that God doesn't want us to have. And really, for many of us, we've just got to lay down so much stuff at the foot of the cross. To say, actually, I want your kingdom first. I want your will to be done. But, oh, my word, that is so hard in a culture when it's telling us what we should want, what we should have, what we should desire, rather than what God wants for our lives, for us. You might rightly wonder why God wants us to pray for his will to be done as if he was not able to accomplish it himself. But God is more than able to do his will without our prayer or cooperation. Yet he invites us. Remember that intimate relationship that we are invited into, the the participations of our prayer, our heart, and our actions in seeing his will be done on earth as in heaven. We need to take ourselves off our own throne but that's not our throne. We need to take ourselves off this throne and put God back on it. To put 
the things of the world and life that we think deserves to be on the throne and say, actually, no, God, I'm sorry. You please go back on there. And what is incredible is that we have the knowledge that the kingdom came with Jesus. We can read it in our Bibles. We can read about that in our Bibles and the kingdom is here with us now the Holy Spirit in church we felt it before well I did anyway that kind of feeling of presence was here God's kingdoms continues to grow as the gospel goes forth to the world the kingdom will call in its fullness when Christ returns but we can pray for all these aspects of the kingdom both present and future when we pray your kingdom comes It is a prayer for God's rule to overcome the world through Jesus the King. So what could we pray instead? May your kingdom come to Telford through your ways, not our ways. So it is like heaven on earth. Oh, that like burns my heart. I want that so much to people to see a different way of life to have, to be saying that prayer for themselves. So, so far, what we heard is kind of three things to God, about God. And now we have three things that is for us. So it says, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. God cares about our physical and spiritual needs in our lives. He created us with bodies that need food, clothing, shelter, and he desires that the physical needs be met. Jesus came not only preaching the forgiveness of sins, but he fed the hungry and he healed the sick. So when we pray, give us today our daily bread, The word give reminds us that though we may be working hard in our living to to finance the things that we need, God provides the work for us. And it's God who provides what we need. The prayer recognizes our dependency on God for all that we have. But it is only what we need. In the book of Proverbs, in uh, chapter 30, verses 8 to 9, it says, Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I might have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I might become poor and steal, and so dishonor in the name of my God. We also read in the Bible that God gave the Israelites manna in the desert, which was kind of like a sweet bread probably got a bit boring after how long they were there for but he did not give them a month's supply at a time only what they needed which was probably quite a stressful thing when they saw it was running out John Wesley a man that um, moved across the country delivering the gospel to many and well hundreds and hundreds of people he only kept the amount of money he needed to live he didn't keep any excess he gave all of the rest away We aren't meant to be greedy. We are meant to have what we need to live. And in as well, in practical terms, in the world that we're living in at the moment, we really need to stop being so greedy. 
Our food waste makes up about 10% of our household carbon emissions. The clothes waste in our world is creating a huge, huge problem. And there are many other excess stuff that we want to get and have that is causing a problem to our earth and killing it in the process. We need to stop asking for more, but only asking for what it is that we need. The second main human need is for forgiveness. And so Jesus tells us to pray next for forgiveness for our sins that we have committed. Do you realize that actually God does this for you? that you can actually ask him for forgiveness of your sins. That astounding grace of freeness that we can feel when we ask God for forgiveness for our sins. He actually forgives you. Whatever it is that you've done, the worst thing in the world, the smallest thing in the world, God forgives you. If you tried walking up to a bank and saying, forgive me my mortgage, forgive me my auto loan, forgive me my credit card balance, what would happen? Yeah, nothing. They'd probably also tell you to get stuffed and go away. I guarantee that you will get laughed at out of the bank, but not with God. When you ask him, he actually does it. Notice that Jesus assumes, though, in the rest of this passage that if you've been forgiven, you will also forgive others. We should not read this as though God forgives us because we have forgiven others. We know that God forgives us simply because we put our faith in Jesus Christ. We are not forgiven because we are forgiven. No, we forgive because we have been forgiven. Treat your neighbor as you wish to be treated kind of thing. We all need to forgive one another as we go around in life as sinful people, hurting people with not even realizing it some of the time. Sometimes we have forgiveness that, that we need to give, but we get so built up, built up this bitterness and anger towards that person, and we don't free ourselves from that pain. I, in March um, earlier this year, um, did a, a talk on reconciliation on forgiveness. And I say that and put that caveat in there because I could talk to you for ages about forgiveness because it's something that captures us and it can hold us tight when we don't forgive someone. So on our podcast, it's called Reconciliation. When we did Rhythms, Practicing the Way of Jesus, listen to it if that is something that you are struggling with. And I'm sure that there probably are people that are. So what could we pray for this part of the prayer? Give us what we need. You may want to add in those things that you really need in your life. And forgive us and help us to forgive those that have wronged us. And you may want to list the things that you need to forgive others for or have forgiveness bestowed upon you for by God. The next part of this prayer says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
The third and final human need is a spiritual victory. And so Jesus teaches us to pray for deliverance from temptation. The prayer for forgiveness is necessary because our sin is a reality in our lives. But sin doesn't have to take hold of us. God never tempts us. God is on your side when it comes to temptation. He is there to help you avoid situations where sin becomes hardest to resist. Because we all need God's power to overcome Satan. You can't make it on your own. Don't overestimate your ability to withstand temptation on your own. When it comes to temptation to sin, the Christian response isn't going to be, bring it on. It's going to be rather, lead me away, deliver me from this place. You might want to pray. You might want to plea. I am tempted by something. Help me. I am tempted by money. I'm tempted by power. I'm tempted by pornography. May all those things you might want to pray. So the final line then of this is again reminding us a deep need for forgiveness and the significance of forgiving others. It reads, for if you forgive the other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive you your sins. Forgiveness is required for those who have been forgiven. We are not given the luxury of holding on to the bitterness towards other people. But then who would want to feel anger towards others because ultimately it hurts us more than them. As I was sat here, I was kind of debating telling you a little story, but I'm going to share it. Um, I, for a really long time, couldn't forgive men for something that happened to me that I was abused by a man well, kind of a boy lad, and I really found it hard to forgive men for what was done to me. It hurt, and it was painful, and I thought I couldn't trust them because everyone was going to do that to me again. And it made me bitter and angry, and I hurt a lot of people around me in the process. But then, I'm I'm sorry, Harry. (laughs) I then met somebody that showed me how to forgive men. And I had met these incredible men in my life that showed me how to love them as friends and that they were going to treat me and respect me as a woman. But it was horrible to be sat in that place of bitterness and hurt. Forgiveness is important, and I know that it was Jesus that helped me come through that. Jesus has so much to say to us about forgiveness. He says it in Matthew, in, sorry, hang on. In 9, 2 to 6, in 18 to 21, and verse 35, in Luke, and in so many more places. Here, the emphasis is on the imperativeness of forgiveness, on the fact that it is not an option. It is something that's part of being a Christian, but it's painful, and it can be hard, and it can take time. We have to be real about that. It takes a process I understand it as reconciliation of conviction, confession, repentance, restitution, and reconciliation. That cannot always be done with the person that hurt you. And at times, it needs to be a personal process done with God, done with someone close to you. But it's important for us 
for us to go on. Hence why in this daily prayer that we should be saying it's mentioned twice. Nothing else is. But that is. So our prayer may end again with, Lord, please help me to forgive, for I am full of pain and hurt. Prayer, friends, was never, ever meant to be complicated or feel like a burden or something that you can't do. Those of you who've been Christians a long time may have had people come to you and ask you to pray for them. But have you ever encouraged them to pray, to have a go for themselves, to give them this guide? As prayer was never, ever meant to be something that was exclusive for the elite, for the super-Christians, for the warriors of faith. It was for a group of disciples that got a lot of things wrong. This prayer was taught to them. Prayer is for you and is something we shouldn't forget about because God wants that intimate relationship with you. We are to thank him, to praise him, to ask for his wants and for help with our needs. And for him to forgive us and lead us to forgive those that have wronged us. So if you're stuck when it comes to prayer, I encourage you to do what I have done. And change the words to the ones that make sense for you and fit your own needs. Um, so as we've gone through, this is kind of what we've written, or I wrote. Our friend Jesus in heaven, you are holy May your kingdom come to Telford through your ways, not ours. So it is like heaven on earth. Help us to provide for our family and forgive, forgive us where we have messed up and others have hurt us. We are tempted by power. Help us. And really, it should us again. Lord, again, we need help with forgiveness. That's what it should say at the end. It doesn't have to look hard, but this prayer here is there to guide us and help us to pray. Because Jesus in his kindness laid out this knowing that we, like the disciples, need some help too. So, how is it that you are praying? How is it... Where is it that you need help in your prayer life? What are the things that you're struggling to ask God for? Where are the places that you want, you're embarrassed about to talk to God? Is it just in the bad times you pray? Or are you really good in praying in the good times too? I don't really have much else to say on this topic. I'm not going to overcomplicate it. But I just want us, if you've got a notepad, most of you, um, notepad, most of you have phones, you might want to use this opportunity to write your own prayer, to use these words from uh, Matthew 6 to help you in your prayer life. You may just want to close your eyes and ask God to help you to pray 
in some of the areas that I might have brought up and that have been painful for you today. But we're just going to sit, we're going to wait, and we're going to see what God wants to say to us. Thank you for joining us. We hope it blessed you. For more episodes and teaching, you can subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, even share it on your socials, and tag us at Telford Minster. For this and for more, head to telfordminster.org.uk.